0: Citizens, Welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is the show that's going to drink. It sure is. We have a rule on this show Ugh. that says when a character drinks, we don't let them drink alone. We partake with them. It's typically when a character orders a drink. Yeah, well, I got some bad news for and you. And in this one... We're going on a, an audio pub crawl. Drinks get ordered. With our good buddies, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, and Edgar Wright. To finish out the Cornetto Trilogy, today, we are talking about The World's End from 2013. We sure are. Once I'm
1: again, pretty...
0: directed by the Edgar Wright. Right, right, right. right. The of course. Edgar fucking Wright. Uh, watching this, I felt my liver start to panic. Yeah, you are like, oh, they do drink a lot in this movie, don't they? They sure do. Yeah. It's a pub crawl, 12 bars. Yep. I know we got beers lined up out the ass, pretty much. Nervous. Yeah, it's funny, because I feel like once a year we do a drunk app. Yeah, and this might be it. Get it out of the way early. Get it out of the way real early. <laughs> do it the right way. I had to bring the joke again. Back. Of course I you had did. did. I had to. The rule threes. The Edgar Wright rule threes. Oh, that means I got to do it next week too. <laughs> if you must. World's End. Have you ever seen it? I've seen it once before this time, and I liked it better this time. Okay, so that I, that's something. That is something. Have you seen it before? I've seen it once before. No. Yeah. I said it was my favorite of the trilogy before. Yeah. I think I still stand by it. Really? Yeah. Okay. There is so much good in this movie that it is almost mind-blowing. There's a lot of good. Yeah. A lot of good. I still like Hot Fuzz better personally, but yeah, they're very very different movies. All three of these are different. extremely different. It's and it's crazy to kind compare of any wild. of wild. Yeah. yeah. Especially now that we watched three in a row. Oh man, it's yeah. so much. Yeah. So much Simon Pegg in my life right now. Just nonstop stop Simon Too much? getting Simon Pegged. That can't be a thing. We cannot let that be a thing. All right, not a thing. I want to put the frost on that before we can (laughs) go forward. I think that's the right move. (laughs) Okay, you just want to get into this thing. We might as well. All right, we begin as we always do by reminiscing about the '90s. Right, with like a video camcorder. It's an interesting trope. Yeah, but here we are. But here we are, June twenty second, nineteen ninety, to be specific. Sure. It's the last day of school. And Gary King, played by Simon Pegg, well, not here, because he's a young kid here. Sure. Here he's Thomas Law. Great. He'll grow up. He'll grow up. He recalls he and his four friends set out on what was meant to be a legendary pub crawl known as the Golden Mile. Right. The night was especially memorable for Gary. He managed to hook up with Oliver's sister, Sam, in one pub, and then he ditched her later to keep drinking. And while the group never finished the task at hand, only getting to nine of the 12 pubs, Gary knew that life would never be the same again. You know what? We've all had that night that you just can't ever forget, have we? I know I have. Have all you right. not had that I one? I don't know if we had just one that things was just keep escalating. Oh, okay. Well, well, now that you say, <laughs> the word escalation does bring back memories of a particular night. Okay, that's fair. You you really don't think you've had that where it's just like you think back on a night from like college or something like that, and it just keeps hitting you. Like, oh yeah, then that happened. Oh, oh then that. Oh, oh okay, then that happened. Oh, then that happened, oh, then that happened though. Not a specific well, no, not a specific night. I have, I have quite a few of those stories, but none of them that are are memorable enough to be like, oh yeah, I remember the date. No, I don't remember the date. Oh, okay. I feel like alcohol played a big role in me forgetting the date, though. Sure. I don't know something about like seeing these friends, or at least Gary King tell us the story of like, oh, this night, this is the greatest thing of all time, and it's like you know this is going to be the central theme of this movie, putting yeah. as much focus on. It's like. Okay, I kind of want to relive this with you guys. I feel like this this seems fun. Seems, you guys seem like fun. Yeah, yeah. It was a fun night with fun guys. We're going to have fun. We cut to Gary sitting in a circle at some sort of AA type of meeting or something, sharing his story. And a guy asks him if he regrets never finishing the pub crawl. And you kind of see his mind wander. I really like that look, though. It's one of those looks how you're just like, you know, he's really never considered that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> now like, his mind all of a sudden is just, blown oh you're right we could do it again yeah so in the present day gary goes to round up his mates he starts with pete played by eddie marzan who i never thought we would talk about again after deadpool 2 yeah but here we are but here we are gary follows pete from his house to his job at a car dealership where he tells pete about all the guys getting back together yeah even andy so they can conquer the golden mile I love this because you do get to meet all these characters individually. Yes. You get to see where they're at now, even though we barely got introduced to them. Who cares? Right. Doesn't Who matter. Cares? And you see it takes like the littlest arm twist. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, all right. Tiny. Yeah. But even Andy? Even Andy's going? Yeah. Even, even after of course, he's gonna be there. <laughs> so then he goes to his buddy Steven <laughs> at one of his construction sites, played by Patty Considine. He's back. Considine. Considine. Considine, yeah. Considine it's one of the Andys. One of the he is one of the Andys. Now he has no mustache. though. That's right, and it's a bummer. I like him less, but yeah. that's not on him. That's on the uh, the director, really. Yeah, Edgar Wright fucked up. Having bring he back had a the good thing ruined it. Gary tells Steve that he's getting the band back together. Well, not the band. The boys, maybe the band, maybe even Andy. That Andy runner. Yeah, it's great. It's very good. Then he goes to meet Oliver Martin fucking Freeman. Yeah, they call him O-Man. They call him O-Man because he has a birthmark in the shape of a six on his forehead. It's great. I love Martin Freeman. I forgot he was in this movie. Nonetheless, one of the leads. (laughs) He's been in all three of the movies, except now he's one of the leads. And that is finally, finally. Worked his way up. Gotta pay your dues, I guess. (laughs) Oliver's a real estate agent, and he's showing a couple of house, and he tells Gary that he had laser surgery to remove the birthmark. not just a couple. It's Rafe Spall. He's back for the third time now as well. Interesting. Because he was the gum chewer you've got red on you in Shaun of the Dead. Yes. And he was one of the Andes as well. He was the other Andy. Now he's mustacheless again, and I'm just taken out of this movie. Yeah. This guy <laughs> has appeared to be a different age in all three movies. It's amazing. But cause like, cause He looked like a kid, so. and then he looked like a super adult, yeah. and now it's like, oh, good, he's up and coming, but how? But, yeah. Five years after the last time we saw him, he looks younger somehow. Good for him. Good for him. Finally, Gary goes to get Andy, played, of course, by Nick Frost. Andy is a senior partner at a law firm, and he clearly wants nothing to do with Gary or his shenanigans after some past incident that we're not really sure what it is. But They keep bringing it up. It makes you curious what it is. And yeah. You know you're going to find out what it is at some point, of course. but, man, you're holding on. Of course, Andy is sober now. 16 years. 16 years, ever since whatever said past incident was. And uh, Gary can't really convince Andy to join the crawl until he's like, well, my mom died. Of the, the big cancer. Yep. And he pays him back the 600 quid that he owes him. Right. Uh, it's weird seeing Nick Frost as the straight man. Yes. And like the very put together guy. Very much so, yeah. And it's jarring. It really is. He's a good actor though. He and is. And it makes me realize that. Yeah. Both of these guys. Simon Pegg. Have fucking range. He's on a journey with these three movies. It's un- He's unreal. He's so different in all three movies. Yeah. How does he do it? Acting. There you go. Just keeps fooling you. Now I don't really know what he's like in real life. I have no idea. I can't pin him down. Nope. I used to think like, oh, no, he's kind of annoying, nerdy, but no, proper actor. Yeah. Through and through. Who knew? Edgar Wright knew. Edgar Wright knew. The four men relent and end up joining Gary for the pub crawl, and they meet up in their hometown of Newton Haven. Right. Gary pulls up to the train station in his old car, The Beast. The Beast. A beat up 1980s Ford Granada Mark II. That he's driven since high school. <laughs> On their way into town, the four friends notice how stuck in the past Gary is. We all know that guy. Oh, yeah. Who just doesn't want to let go of like his high school days where yeah. he was the king. And this one, he's literally named King. King, yeah. But we've all been there. The guy, like, I scored four touchdowns in a football game at Polk High. And now I sell shoes at a ladies' shoe store. <laughs> My this best friend. very familiar. <laughs> is. <laughs> Jefferson Darcy, next door. Oh, And Jefferson. he married a woman named Marcy, because Marcy Darcy's a really funny name. It is. As I we mean, all know. If you're going to go for the joke name type of wedding, that's the way to do it. Right, it's like a Julia Gulia. Precisely. Gary gets pulled over by a police officer, who tells him that his brake light in his car is out. He gives the cops Pete's name. <laughs> <laughs> because the car's registered in Pete's name and has been since 1990. How good is that? Unreal! It's so good. And I love how just everyone goes along with it. And you look at all of them like, oh, this is classic Gary. Yeah. You piece of shit. They're like, what are you (laughs) doing giving him Pete's name? They're going to check the registry. And when it doesn't match, he's like, that's why I gave him Pete's name. (laughs) And then they finally, he's like, yeah, the car's registered for Pete. Where do you think all those points came from on your license? (laughs) He's not a great guy. He's not. But we're having fun. But there's a weird charm to him. (laughs) There is. And that is mind-blowing. I know people like that. How they're just complete shitbags, and yeah. you're still just like, I kind of want to hang out with you still. Yeah, but uh, you're fun, and yeah. you're charming as all hell. <laughs> like, we know that you're a good person at heart. We this think. it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> the guys drop off their belongings at a local bed and breakfast and begin their pub crawl at the first post. This movie was filmed in Hertfordshire. So they once again did it on location. Yeah. And all these bars are real bars. They are all real bars. Well. They renamed them. Two of them aren't bars, but that's correct. But (laughs) they renamed them obviously for the movies. But the first one up, as you said, was the first post, appropriately named as they all are. This is the Pear Tree. Okay, that's the real name of it. Uh, They usually just sell larger beers like Fosters and Carling. Sure, they got some live music on the weekends. A beer garden, a partridge. I would love to get partridge in a pear tree. I don't want to do the show anymore. I'm done. <laughs> I might be done. The joke is like three <laughs> weeks too late, but still. Since they're about to partake in their first, it's I, time. I guess it's time. Let it begin. Let me just take a sip of this bourbon as a primer. <laughs> Got to speed that up and do it Edgar Wright style. I can't do it that fast. I don't have a camera zooming in. When you do it that fast, you end up with all head. Cheers. Cheers. Gary begins the crawl by making a speech about the pub's history and enters the bar excited. But since it's early, there's hardly any patrons there, and it doesn't look the same as he remembers. The bartender doesn't even remember who he is. No, but then also at the same time, you have his friend saying, like, yeah, all well, these places are just corporate now. They all are like a Starbucks or whatever. They a all look exactly the same. Yeah. And he goes, in, oh, it smells great. You can't take that out. And they're like, I bet they tried. Bet they tried. <laughs> Gary orders five pints, but Andy's like, hey, I don't drink. I'll have a water. That made Gary very upset. Yes, Gary was not like, oh, water? He berates him for drinking water, and he implies that he's less of a man for doing so. To which Andy's like, if you walk into a bar after a rugby match in front of all these tough guys and order a water? That takes courage. Courage we're talking, I'll never understand. I'm talking balls. <laughs> so the guys finish their drinks as we finish ours, and we move to the next bar. Really had to slam that thing down. Yep. You're going too fast with your synopsis. <laughs> You're going to kill us. That's something it, you've never rate. said before. I know. I just to tell you, speed it up. <laughs> I should have gone for a longer synopsis, I guess. So we head to the Old Familiar. The Old Familiar is a bar called The Doctor's Tonic, which is a pretty great name. You should pour before you read these. Give us time to drink. Fair <laughs> enough. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> I think one of my favorite things about reading this stuff about these bars is that they refer to them as boozers. Boozers, Yeah. I like that. And I that. want to use that now for forever? Is this your first time pouring a beer? I think it's a dirty glass that I was given. Oh, right. I poured just that one- Just because it have a Mets logo on it makes it a dirty glass? <laughs> I poured that one perfect. I'm going to disagree. That is a ratio of beer to head that is just, Mwah. yeah. you can't make it any more perfect. And that's a problem. I don't follow- <laughs> You don't want that much head. What are you doing? I know, but if the class was clean, we class wouldn't get perfectly that. Perfectly clean. <laughs> Number two. Number two. Tell me about the old familiar. They just got IPAs and like old golden hen on tap. Nothing crazy. All right. Yeah. Not all these are exciting. No. Respect I mean though. none of them are exciting. <laughs> They're just little <laughs> boozers. In old English to Hertfordshire, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> old old England. What did you <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> England town. That's right. (laughs) This pub appears identical to the first post. Now, when you say identical. Identical. I love how they walk in and it's the same shot with just a different bartender. Yep. It is so well done. That is such a great visual gag. Yeah. And it speaks to the starbucking. While the guys are seated, Oliver gets a call from his sister, Sam, played by Roseman fucking Pike. She's really good. She's very good. And he invites her to join them. When she arrives, Gary and Stephen are both excited because they both fancy her. Has Steven ever gone to the boneyard with her? Because I don't think so. I don't know. I we, know Gary We has. know that Gary has. In mean, the disabled. In the disabled. <laughs> Gary follows Sam into the washroom this time because he thinks that she's given him the, the sign. <laughs> Spoiler alert. For another hookup. She's not. Uh, yeah, she, she assures Gary that he got the wrong idea and she slaps him. As she should, absolutely. Dave, I got something for you here. Already? Oh yeah. Already. Okay. Bar two. We're in the second bar. Of course, I already have an <laughs> IMDb trivia fact. After he follows her into the ladies' room, Gary tells Sam, "You gave me a sign." A few minutes later, she literally gives him a sign. That's correct. That's really what it is. That's it. That's just what's happening that's in the just, movie. That's just things that happen in the movie. Right. They come out of the bar, and well, Gary's like, I, "You can't I read tell that me it's not a fact." No, that's true. <laughs> And then Roseman's like, oh, I think you lost this. It's an out of order sign, which is great. It's a, a good, good gag. Gag, yeah. IMDb, IMDb needs to get people to Honestly, look at these things. You know who submitted this one? John Favreau. <laughs> JFab69. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's a good screen it's name. Actual IMDb name. I can't believe it either. <laughs> so Sam leaves. She's like, I'm going to meet up with the twins. I, I don't want to be around Gary mostly. It checks out. Steve's kind of watching her like, man. Yeah. See, it's like, oh, man, what if? (laughs) We're not talking Marvel stuff right now. So once again, the group finished their beers and one water, and they head to the next bar. Oh, God. Which means we have to finish ours. Yes. Uh, Throw it down. And we head to the famous cock. Yeah, I got nothing for that one. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing for the famous cock. (laughs) Nothing. Do you have the next beer ready to go, Brian? (laughs) I sure do. (laughs) This was a mistake. Why did we make this rule all the way back in The Incredible Hulk? Was that when we did it? I think the so. The first time? I believe so. Okay. We're idiots. That movie wasn't even good. We have to talk about it again one day. Number three? Number three. Jeez. Oh, All right. Cheers. At this bar, they spot their old friend. <laughs> it feels like we're just on repeat. At this bar. Yeah. At oh, this bar. At this bar. At this bar. When they get here, they spot an old friend of the group. Old man Basil, played by David fucking Bradley he's back again. he's back and this time I remember what he was in Game of Thrones. He was Walter Frey. that's what it is, yeah, that's right. I, we let people yell at their cars for a whole week. Good, the cars deserve it. It's Walter Frey, and now yeah, we're on board. We know who it is yeah, he's knew the whole the, time sitting at the bar here with this with his crazy crazy straw, straw. <laughs> cause You're he's clear out of a straw. He's a crazy man. It's a baller move. They used to let him ramble on about extraterrestrials and alien conspiracy theories, and he's just a, a drunk old man who's fun to hang around. Right. We should say that every time they stop in these bars, you kind of get a little bit of backstory to what their past used to be yeah. like. Yeah, And not all of it's all that cheerful. They've all gone through some shit. They've yeah. all had some laughs along the way. I really like it. It's, it feels like a lot like hanging out just with buddies yeah, for the it most does. part. I they agree. do a really good job capturing that. And you're living in the life with these guys as they're just sitting around having a pint, having a great time. Yeah. I really enjoy that. And it blows my mind Both the last two times I watched this movie. It's such a, a welcoming thing. Yeah. And especially and now maybe because we've been trapped inside for forever. Maybe. That's, but <laughs> that's probably that's this, a good point. It, it just feels like you're just drinking with friends. It it's does. It's great. Which is, I mean, plot-wise- Not a lot, but character-wise, phenomenal. Unbelievable. Yeah. I think this movie is more full of character than the previous two by a long shot. I agree with that. Gary actually gets recognized at this pub, but it turns out he was banned in 1990. (laughs) Right. So they get kicked out. (laughs) They do. And oh my God, I can't believe we already poured this drink because we probably could have skipped this one. We probably could have, but we also can't. Right. Because we would have had to have two at the next place. Or we would have to... Drink these, and then like swap glasses or something. Yeah, because Gary, uh, he's he's very set on this goal. He's a purist when it comes to the bar crawl. Yeah, he finds some wounded soldiers outside. He sure does. <laughs> uh, throws them back. Yep, gross. That is very <laughs> gross. But he's committed to the Golden Mile. Which and, is amazing. This looks like a guy who can't commit to anything that hasn't had a goal in his life And here. Yeah. I've never seen anyone more gung-ho for anything. He's He's got to do the golden mile. and He's not the hero we want, but he's the hero we need. I love that the, the first guy to recognize him at this bar is like, you got kicked out of here in 1990. And it's just a picture of him as a kid on the wall. And he's like, you, get out. It's so good. I also like that they showed us in the beginning of the movie him getting banned from this bar. They showed basically
1: By everything. By showing
0: a red card from soccer as they do it. It's like, yeah. That's very clever. So good. They basically show the entire movie in the opening. They did. Which is, I love I it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And it's great because you see the kids living it and they're having the best time ever. And Gary's yeah. story is, this is the best time ever. And now that we're looking at these adults. One of them is having the best time ever. Yeah. One of them is. And the other four <laughs> are there. Yep. So that's all that really happens at this bar. So I think uh, once again, it's it's time to finish our drinks. We're moving already? Yeah. Well, we got kicked out. So That's a good point. Okay. (laughs) Since we got kicked out, for the sake of not dying tonight, let's just skip the next one. I am so okay with that. I can't (laughs) even describe it. My beer's like half empty and we've been throwing these things down. Yeah. Yeah. The pace is a bit more than I expected. Even for splitting beers. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. So, you know, because Brian's got (laughs) to (laughs) drive. Yeah. For the sake of that, let's skip this next one. Done. So we head to the crosshands. Nope. I got nothing on that. I, I actually rereading my notes. The beer has fully settled. Yeah, right in my brainial region here. I did have something on the famous cock. Oh, the bar is called the Cork. And that's all there is. Neat. So the famous cock was the Cork. Was the Cork, which is really just how you say cock if you have like a I don't know what an English like if you're speech the impediment chef. would be. <laughs> Sork my cork. Sork my cork. Sork my cork. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> it's like, oh, the Swedish chef is cooking. Bork, bork, bork. Oh, the Swedish chef is horny. Cork, cork, cork. <laughs> uh, most of my jokes are Muppet based, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> At least the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. So at the crosshands. That would be hands. so dirty if you just dive into that even harder. If you really, really want to. I, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> Bork my cork and sork and dork. <laughs> uh, so what would you just say? You don't want to know. Fork orf. <laughs> <laughs> at the crosshands, the guys have a meal because Gary's drinking a lot and they're like, you know what? I'm hungry. Yeah. Gary goes to get more drinks and the bartender here is super friendly, like suspiciously friendly. This bartender here. Yeah. It's on your spaced bingo card. It's Mark Heap. It's Mark Heap. He's one of the leads again from spaced. He's the artist. So realistically, the only person that we're missing from space is Twist at this point. She does not pop up in any of these movies. Oh. Makes me wonder like, what did you do? What did yeah? Uh oh. I don't know. But there you go. Add another one. Lex using the people he knows, the people he likes. I get it. I understand. He likes employing British actors, and, well, there's 13 of them. There so. are. I, that's so many. Such a small aisle. A large man comes over to their table and asks if he can take their remaining seat, and Pete looks like he just got back from Nam. <laughs> I saw some shit. Turns out Shane Hawkins, here played by Darren Boyd. Got a face I know, got and f- I don't know what it is. I think he looks a little bit like a Tudyk, like Alan Tudyk. He's got a Tudekian face. <laughs> Alan Tudyk is like a chameleon in movies, except he's like not. Except he's not just in at everything. All. Yeah, really. he like he shows up unexpectedly, and you're like Alan Tudyk, yeah, like a, chame- a chameleon, like a chameleon. You yeah. never expect chameleons. That's what chameleons are famous for. Is yeah, surprise. showing up unexpectedly. <laughs> You've never had a chameleon just show up, and you're like, oh shit, chameleon! Oh, look at that chameleon! Really he blended right into this world. Usually, it's the blending in that they're known for, not the when they stop doing that. That can't be right. <laughs> This is why we need crocodile hunter still alive. He would have yeah, said he'd be like, well, "Actually, that's wrong." <laughs> it did wrong there. <laughs> Are there any like nature folks still around? This is beer kicking in. Is there like David Attenborough? I mean, he's still kicking for forever. He's never going to die. But besides <laughs> him, <laughs> careful. I'm jinxing it. Was, I mean. We're out of 2020. Nothing bad <laughs> could happen anymore. Dave, this, this episode doesn't come out for like five weeks. He could easily die in this in the time span. <laughs> the <clears throat> only nature people I know now are like on YouTube. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna let this fucking killer hornet thing sting me, and we're gonna see how much it hurts. Here we go. <laughs> like no, because I need the views so I can get that ad money. <laughs> so thirsty. That's yeah. really what it is. You're absolutely right. That's all I see is people getting bit yeah. by shit. Oh, my for... stick, me thumb up his bum hole. <laughs> oh, you got Bindi Irwin, right? Yeah, you do, I guess. And, and Steve Jr.? I don't know what his name is. I don't know what his is. name is. But he's on all the late night shows making fun of Jimmy Fallon for being scared of a sloth, I guess. Sloths are weird. I get it. <laughs> I could buy that. So, I, How do we my, get here? My, chameleons? Yeah, chameleons. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. known for their element of surprise. So Shane, Shane is a bully who harassed Pete all through his youth and- Pete is really kind of bummed that Shane doesn't even recognize him. I really like this. A very touching moment, like like sad. Well, but like, but coming you're like, out to the whole group, He wow. said, like, I can't believe this. This guy made my life a living hell, and here and he is. He just looks at me and doesn't even know who I am. Right, like as if bullying me all those years was for no reason. It meant nothing. Right. It was just to do something. Yeah. It's fucked. It is fucked. What's even more fucked is that while he was spilling his guts, his soul all over the table- Gary went and got shots. Yes, he did. <laughs> he brought back shots for the table. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm realizing now that you didn't pour a beer when we got to this bar. Yeah, there was a reason behind it. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> son of a bitch. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna pause on that just because they haven't drank it yet. We're not there yet. <sighs> You're right. They, they left the shots at the table. Very soon, we're going to get there, but not yet. Andy has decided that Gary's gone way too far this time. Because, you know, Pete is, is bearing his soul and, you know, they're already drinking 12 beers and he doesn't drink, damn it. Yeah. Not to mention, Gary's got to go take a piss. And Gary does have to go take a piss. And because timing is important, Gary's mum calls. Yes. And Andy sees it and goes, that son of a bitch. Yep. Uh, you son of a bitch. I thought I was going to expound on what you said and then I just repeated it. It's the same words. Yep. I said it in a different... Nope, I said it the same. <laughs> <laughs> we usually say, the buffalo's tracing Yeah, due to bourbon. Nope, but this time- The golden mile's tracing. The golden mile is doing its- It's. Why do they call it a golden mile if they're in England? Shouldn't it be a kilometer? They do miles in England, too. Why? What do you mean, why? They don't have to. <laughs> Are you saying that it's like a choice? It seems like a choice, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it probably is. The imperial it, system is dumb. That's coming from an American. Yes. That should be known. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I'm not wrong. I mean, you're not right either. The Golden Mile. I didn't realize how much that upset me until right now. Until right now. What I think it's based on is the Mumbles Mile, which is in Wales, and it's also a bar crawl. Yeah. And you can most famously see that in the show, Three Sheets with Zane Lamprey. He does the Mumbles Mile, gets distracted along the way. It happens. Yeah. Drinking does funny things to people. Sure does. That's why they didn't finish the Golden Mile the first time. The Mumbles Mile was 28 bars. Oh. But I don't think that you had to do them all. You just had to, like, sure. do a just bunch. Just do the first one, the last one, and then whatever one's in the middle. Sound good. Sure. The famous cock. The famous cock. The famous cork. I'm going to skip that the one. The bork, bork, bork. The bork, bork, bork. There's plenty of others probably along the way. Oh, yeah. I'd imagine. For sure. Anyway, Gary goes to the bathroom, and he leaves his cell phone on the table. Blah, blah, blah. We already said all that. Yeah. While he's in the bathroom, Gary decides that he's going to talk to this teenager while he's at the urinal. And he invites them to join the bar crawl. Illegal. Against the rules. And it it makes sense to me that this kid doesn't respond to him. Yes. I'm like, this kid is in the right to just ignore him. Yes, this kid right here has been raised properly. This is a drunk guy standing at the <laughs> urinal telling you about how he punched the wall 23 years ago. Thinking it was cool. Yeah, he's like, I ah, punched that wall in 1990. You probably weren't even born yet. No, you weren't even a twinkle in your father's eye. What, uh... Yeah, so this kid does the right thing. He ignores him, goes and washes his hands. And then Gary's like, hey, man, I'm talking to you. And then they fight. They do. They get in a fight. In they the get bathroom. in a fight and they are throwing down. Gary gets in a fight with this kid because he wouldn't acknowledge him in a bathroom. In a bathroom. Gary has broken every rule of manliness. Yes. Everyone. And this kid is very much on the right. I'm on Team Kid right now. I am definitely on Team Kid. So Gary slams the teenager's head against a urinal. Yeah, as you do. And his head pops off. Yeah, just like a Ken doll. As it does. <laughs> Revealing a stump and blue goo coming out. That's right. It's uh, not a human. No. I, well, I would call this pretty Susian, really. Susian, Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. You got that new goo, blue goo, gooey gooey. Yep. It's fox and socks, of right. course. Sure. As, as it always is. It's naturally, naturally fox and socks. Yeah. Yeah. My first thought. Uh-huh. <laughs> Brian's look right now. No, I'm fine. I'm good. He wants I'm good. Just... This bit should have ended. Yeah. Oh, uh, eight episodes ago. Yes. <laughs> and the problem is, is that you're reacting you know too what? hard to it. You know what, Dave? Yeah. For that, I have an actual IMDb trivia you fact. son of a bitch. Yeah. You brought this upon yourself. Yeah, you're right. The move Gary uses that decapitates the first blank in the bathroom of the crosshands is called the rock bottom. It sure is. Perfected by Dwayne Johnson, AKA the rock, which is fitting since Gary is arguably at rock bottom. Oh God. It got worse as you kept reading. Yeah. That's why I pick (laughs) him. Oh my God. That makes me like curious, like the move that Gary does here as he has grown up and gotten harder, is the Diamond Cutter, famously used oh, okay. by Diamond Dallas Page <laughs> in WCW. I wasn't sure where you were going with harder. I thought we were getting more Swedish chef references. <laughs> I don't even know how you would say harder. Harder, harder, harder. Horde. Borner. Oh, man. Gary is horrified, obviously. He just knocked a kid's uh, a head kid's off. A kid's head fell off, yeah. But at the very moment... Andy barges in to confront Gary about lying about his mom, and Andy is just very laser-focused on yelling at Gary here. Well, the other guys also come in, and they're like, oh, Andy, do you see what's happening? And Andy's like, I'm going to yell at him about his mom. You got to yell at him. And it takes a while for Andy to realize that he's holding a headless teenager. Yeah? Until Gary, like, throws the head at them. He pretty much throws the head at him, and I'm pretty sure at this moment, he's just like, we got no food, we got no job. Our teenagers' heads are falling off. <laughs> Interesting fact about this kid's head is that not CGI. They actually took the kid's head off. Yep. They actually decapitated a child. Yep. Uh, no. Edgar right? is very method. Super realistic animatronic head. That's incredibly impressive. Yeah. I was, when I read that, I was like, no. And then I rewatched it. I was like, huh, good for them. This movie really is a testament to what $20 million can do. That's for like, sure. That's incredible to me. I put it it's in dollars the, this week for it. Yeah, you. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. That's still wild, though. But not to mention, this movie is very simply done at the same that's time. That's true, yeah. Especially because they used the same set for two of the bars. They sure did. <laughs> <laughs> so more teenagers show up, and the two groups basically have a bathroom brawl with lots of head smashing and body parts flying. and It's good bathroom fight fun. Yeah, I loved it. After the fight, Gary hypothesizes that the reason people don't recognize them is that everyone in town has been replaced with these things. Yeah, whatever they are. And these guys realize they have no idea how far what they've just witnessed goes. So Gary suggests they just continue the crawl <laughs> so as not to look suspicious <laughs> right, to the because new they, beings the they just get out yeah. all over town. They're like we're, we're going to do this. We've told mile. everybody we're doing the golden mile. Yeah. So if we, we start doing it now we're going to look suspicious and they're going to come after us. Right. Andy's like, "Well, nobody can argue with you." So it's a good argument. It's a sound argument yeah. when you think about it. And Andy proceeds to do all five shots. He sure does. And uh, Brian. Yeah? Andy hasn't had a drink in 16 years, so we need to join him. Okay. Remember I said the buffalo wasn't tracing? The buffalo's about to trace, it's isn't about it? about to trace. Here we go. Oh, that's a tasty, tasty shot. Sure is. Andy had to do five. We got away with one. Oh, you know what? I'm fine with that. Yep, me too. Because <laughs> the original intent was one drink for each person. You're right. Uh, Four more shots. Okay. <laughs> not cute. I don't want to do that right now. So after Andy downs the shots, they get up and head to the next bar. Yeah. can't wait at this point. Yeah. Because I know which one this is. This is going to be a fun one, Dave. No, it's not. This is the fast one. They're walking through the streets and everybody's watching them. So they're trying to act as normal as possible. And they get to the good companions. At the good companions, they order a drink. They drink it. They slam it. And they leave. So, this is my least favorite bar of this movie? Yeah, for that reason. For production reasons only. <laughs> oh, okay, I could see that. Uh, uh, open it. Here we go. <laughs> I had it backwards. Brian, we've only had 3 beers and a shot. <laughs> failed to open a beer, and he's like turning this thing like he's playing with some goddamn Codex Da Vinci code style. Trying to figure out the wording here. You didn't know it, but I was recently cast in National Treasure Three. Brian opens a beer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can that happen? Please. I'd watch it. I would too. Is Riley going to be back? That's Question- part about questionable. National Treasure. Questionable. It's like, how does Brian open a beer? I don't know. There's schematics on the back of the Guinness can, it's in the widget. <laughs> we have to go to the Guinness Brewery. <laughs> The instructions are hidden underneath the Blarney Stone. That's right, which is famously at the Guinness Brewery. <laughs> well, in this no, movie. Just... <laughs> there's steps, Dave. You have to go to the Guinness Brewery to find out that there's. Come on, Under have you the never Blarney watched Stone. National Treasure? It's not all solved in the first minute and just a hunt no, and get it. No, I got that too. There's what are you steps. gonna do? You're gonna kiss the Blarney Stone? No, and It's just gonna like lift. No, no, you actually have to like repel, and there's dynamite involved. It's very. I don't know. I can't reveal too much. Why, Brian? Because then- Because contract issues or Yeah, contractually, I have not thought out the rest of this plot. (laughs) At the trusty servant, Gary spots his old drug dealer, Reverend Green, played by Michael Smiley. Sure. He's back from the last movie. He is. Gary tells Andy that if Reverend Green is one of them, he won't remember the code, the secret code that Gary and Green (laughs) had set up back when he was in high school. Yes. So he goes over to the bar- and he does the secret code. Do you have any drugs? Do you have any? I like that. First, he knocks on the table. He's just like, <laughs> "Do you have any drugs?" What a great code! It's an amazing code. And Reverend Green tells him, yeah, "I don't sell drugs anymore." And Gary's like, "Are you a robot?" <laughs> and like the rest of the patrons of the bar all kind of glare at him. And he's like, "Oh, right. Should be quieter about that." Yes. And Reverend Green and two of the other patrons make it clear to Gary and the others, that they are not robots, as robot implies that they are slaves, which they are not. They are not. We are not slaves. Correct. It should be noted, we are not slaves. The phone rings, and the bartender tells Reverend Green that he's getting a call from his supervisor. So Reverend Green takes the call and then goes into the bathroom where Oliver is walking out of. Right. And now we have to finish this drink. And now we have to finish this drink. Great. (laughs) This movie may suck, actually, Well, overall. It's it's a great movie, but there's a lot of- a lot of stops along the way. Our rules If you're not trying to drink suck. with the movie, you're good. Right. If you're uh, in your car not drinking along with this movie. Perfect drinking game for, <laughs> for The World's End is just drink when they drink. Oh, dear. You don't need any other rules. Do you think there is a drinking game to this? I'd be scared to see. I just Googled it. There is a drinking game to this. Of course there and is. It's is on realdrinkinggames.com. That sounds familiar. Drink every time the name of a bar is said. Well, that's more than they drink he fight with Andy I'm guessing that's Gary he fight with Andy <laughs> if you drink every time he fight with Andy then you are gonna be... that's the whole movie yeah uh, they go to a new bar uh, so that's the 12 okay. right there yeah that's just like a sip 13 technically I guess uh, a blue blood has their head taken off okay that's not what they're called that's a lot but still <laughs> drink every time they drink oh so we're we're, we're adding <laughs> on to that neat Anytime the past is shown, anytime Gary King is said, come on, and you need to finish your drink, anytime Gary gets into a fight in a restroom, (laughs) and Gary gets a water, which is just too easy, really? Yeah. Seems kind of lame, but here we are. That game will kill you, though. This game probably will kill you. At the very least, it'll make you pass out, and your friend will have to bring you to the hospital, and bad things will happen. Yeah, there you go. We'll get there. I should mention, because I haven't yet, and we are now halfway through the, this golden mile, every single one of these bars, the name of it corresponds to what happens in the bar. Every single one of them. What do you mean? We start at the first post, which yeah, is the obvious. the first one, yeah. The old familiar is identical to the first post, so it's okay. familiar. Okay. The famous cock is the one where they recognize Gary. At the cross hands, that's where they get in a fight. I, I didn't put any of this together. Oh, this is fun. Uh, the good <laughs> companions. I I'm not sure because they're in and out so quick. I, I think it's they. I think all it's oh, you are know are on a team together. It's because now they're all in agreement. And right. Even Andy's drinking, so now they're all good companions. Okay. And the sign on this bar is four sad masks and a happy mask, which means four of them are like we have to do this, and Gary's like this is fucking great. Yeah. Okay. And then they move on to the trusty servant where they meet up with Reverend Green. I didn't realize any of this. Yeah. And this is adding a level to this movie that I think is brilliant. Yeah, this movie has been definitely thought out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Damn, okay. So now we have to finish our drink so we can head to the Two-Headed Dog. Okay. And I'll tell you when we get there why it's called the Two-Headed Dog. I can't wait, and also I can wait. I'm gonna keep talking so I can finish this drink because they're <laughs> adding up at this point. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. If you want to listen to other episodes where uh, we partook <laughs> in liquids pretty heavily, yeah, go back to last year. You can listen to "We Wish You a Turtle Christmas." I was just gonna say, go to the go to podcasters dot com and go to the. Episodes page and try to find the tag Nerdy Thursday. Any of those episodes we drank a lot on. We did. Was it your birthday last year with Turbo Power Rangers movie? Yes. where Mitch got control of the bottle at a point. And, uh, yeah. Oh no. That was bad. That had poor results because he, he poured the bottle. No, I got it, Brian. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> pork, 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 pork. <laughs> now it just sounds like you're ordering food. Yeah. Well, Swedish Chef. Pork, Check's pork, out. pork. The two-headed dog. Gary and Steven see Sam coming into the pub with the twins. The They, proverbial... they call them the twins because they they look exactly the same? Yeah, because they have the same parents. They were born at the same time, and they look identical. Yeah. Like twins. Twins, Basil. Twins, twins Basil. Well, Basil's not in this scene. But... Unfortunately. We're in England. <laughs> you got to take the risk that Michael York's going to pop up at some point. Oh, you're like, oh, all right. Perfect. I thought you were talking about David Bradley, the character in this movie named Basil. <laughs> oh, I didn't put that <laughs> together. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, the twins are the proverbial two headed dog. Because they're that. Because they're totally bitches. Checks out. <laughs> this movie's brilliant. It really is. Gary goes to warn Sam about what's going on, and he asks the twins seem suspicious. Like, more, than u- more so than usual, because <laughs> twins are always a little weird. They're a little off. You're right. She dismisses his claims and goes to hang out with the twins outside for a drink and a smoke. And while she's out there, Sam tells them what Gary said. And the twins are like, Did you believe him? <laughs> and then Gary comes in and he attacks one of the twins ripping her head off and exposing the blue goo and going like see Sam I wasn't lying no it's true and it's a good thing because if he just ripped off her head and she wasn't one of the robots that would have been a hard conversation I think it would be hard to rip off their head probably really yeah that's true a lot harder than just being a like a Lego stump under yeah. there but even if he like attempted to pull the, the head off and it didn't come off it just hurt a lot it would still be a hard conversation to have with Sam Yes. So like Or no, believe me. At the like, same time, it's like, Gary King. He could probably get away with it. Some of these people, definitely their heads pop off, just not this one. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, this twin's head does pop off, but the other twin attacks, and Gary subdues both of them until one of them returns with the other's legs on her arms, yeah, swinging at Gary and Sam. It's not what you want. Kicking them with, with her shoulders. Sure. You know, all the strength from a kick comes from your shoulders. That's Everybody what knows we all that. know. That's plyometrics, versus P90X was talking about. And eventually, Steven comes out to join the fight, and they defeat the twins together. And then Steven takes this opportunity to confess his love for (laughs) Sin, saying she deserves better than Gary. And she's like, I think you've mistaken this whole thing that's going on between me and Gary. (laughs) Meanwhile, Andy, Steven, and Pete are inside the bar trying to come up with a name for the robots. And eventually, they settle on the term blanks, because they were like, I don't know, what are these blanks? It's a good name. I guess. It's something, at least. They they use it as like a placeholder, and it's yeah. just stuck. They use it to fill in the blank. Right. And that became the name. And that's really all that happens in this scene. That's a lot. At this bar. But still, that's a busy bar. It's a busy bar. There are definitely people going through fences, which is a fun gag. Oh, God. I didn't realize that, A f- like, you know, you have Quentin Tarantino, like the trunk opening from the inside. Yeah. It's like his director trope. Uh no daddy. That's like a Spielberg director trope. Oh, sure. With Edgar Wright, it's just a fence gag. Fence really. gag. Yeah. Going over a fence, going through a fence. No fence is safer on this man. It happened three times in this movie. Yeah, it did. He really tripled down on the same joke that he's done now in the previous two movies. And every time it went, <laughs> 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 which is not something I would appreciate if I hadn't just watched the other two movies. I would have just been like, yeah, these guys had fences, man. I can't believe well, it. Well, the first one isn't even a fence, it's a hedge. That Gary tries to jump over and just trips. doesn't work. doesn't work. Yeah. And I was and that's actually the first one that made me go, ha! Because <laughs> it, it felt reminiscent to them did, jumping it, it, the garden but fences. It's like you're still seeing it the same exact way. Does yeah. he have the, the line in this? I'm pretty sure he does of like, oh, you've never taken a shortcut before. I think he does, but I don't think it's before they jump a fence. Okay. That line pops up. I and, think it's when they go through the woods. Right. We'll get there. Fair enough. But yeah, a fence trope. Who knew? It's unbelievable. This is what Edgar Wright has just in his repertoire at this point. It's just a good gag. Bad fences make good tropes. I can't wait for next week because I honestly can't remember if it happens or not. Never seen Baby Driver, so So, we'll see. We shall see. That's going to do it for the two-headed dog, though, so we Uh, have to finish these drinks (laughs) once again. Okay. Where are we going? We're headed to the mermaid. This is the club one, right? Indeed it is. Okay. Which isn't a bar at all. No, it's just a club. It's a cinema. What do you mean it's a cinema? I mean, like it's they a show It's films. a movie theater that they, they dressed up as a bar for this movie. So we're at the Mermaid. We have another beer, because of course we fucking do. Of course. That's the way <laughs> you decided you want to play this I, one. I <laughs> regret everything. I really do. At least we're not doing shots of Incredible Hulks. No, thank you. Never need to do that. Nope. What was it, Hypnotic? I don't know. Hypnotic and... It was some, like, bullshit shot, too. Midori and and Hypnotic, I think. That might have been it. It was definitely green, so Midori makes sense. Yeah. It's student disco night at The Mermaid, and the guys can't tell whether the many bar patrons are blanks or humans. Correct. The guys spot a trio of women they used to call the Marmalade Sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Two blondes and a redhead. It's so... (laughs) (laughs) It's funny in, in an objectifying kind of way. Sure. They're too drunk to realize that these ladies have not aged a day since they last saw them in 1990. Right. And now they start dancing erotically with them. Yes, dancing erotically. start <laughs> doing the, the kissings and the, the feelings. People come here to dance erotically. That's right. You got to get a walk-hard quote in whenever you can. <laughs> Stephen disappears and runs into old man Basil. And Basil reveals the Blanks are part of a terrifying group called the Network. And they're out to merge their beings with humanity. Right. What and, they want to do is they want to gather DNA and create replicants in yes. order to more perfect the human race and uh, to make it conform to the network itself. And in doing so, they're disposing of the human bodies. And don't ask me Don't ask how. me how. You don't want to know. <laughs> Back on the floor, Stephen goes and tells Sam all about what he just heard. I loved doing this whole scene with Basil because it's just a big old exposition drop, but it works because, you know, this is the crazy guy. It's that the crazy guy. And he's like saying, oh, they can get it from kissing. They can get the DNA. They can get it from sharing a drink. They can get it from whatever. He's like, why do you think I drink with this crazy straw? (laughs) (laughs) I love they brought back the crazy straw. I love the character of Basil so much. He's so much fun. It feels nothing like his character from Game of Thrones. And I think it makes it that much better because I'm like, I'm used to seeing him as this grumpy old man who like kills people. And now he's just like this fun, crazy guy who drinks from a crazy straw. He's extremely good in this. He's lots of fun. Back on the floor, Stephen tells Sam everything he just heard, and while one of the girls in the marmalade sandwich swallows Andy's wedding ring, pulled it right off his finger. And yep, just. Boop, boop. <laughs> they're like, I think maybe we need to get out of here. Not sure, but of course Gary's like, I'm dancing with with this redhead, and or no, I'm. Doesn't matter. He's, he's dancing, dancing with he's having one, a great of, time. one of the parts the of the marmalade sandwich. And he needs to finish his beer because he's a purist when it it's comes the rules. to this. It's the rules. What are the rules? It's Stephen Merchant again from that one show. Because hey, of Britain. Yes. <laughs> I've introduced you to black books at this point. Yes, and it's excellent. I thoroughly <laughs> enjoy it. It's so good. Oliver points out to Sam that her old crush slash boyfriend, I'm not sure what he is, is there. He's at He's at the bar. Right. And- He's supposed to be dead. Yeah, he died like eight years ago in an so, uh, accident. So now- No, not an accident. That implies- Fault. Fault? Or no, it implies the lack of this fault. This was a traffic collision. It was a collision. That's right. Hot yes. fuzz words. Learned things. <laughs> the, the group leaves to go to the next pub, and Gary remarks about how good O-Man is doing. And he fondly recalls that during the first crawl, that O-Man was out of commission by pint six. right? And here they are going on to pint nine. And he's still there, hanging with the crowd. He's still doing great. So chipper. He's insanely chipper. Martin Freeman is a treat he's at all crushing times. rushing it. But yeah, they, they leave the mermaid. And when they leave a place, that means we need to finish our drink. I hate this rule. I hate slash love this movie. It's not so much because they're leaving. It's because they're about to drink another one. Yeah, they are. Throw it down. So we go to the Beehive. At the Beehive, the group is met by their old high school guidance counselor, Guy Shepherd, Pierce Fucking Brosnan. He popped up earlier in what felt like a cameo. Yeah, and now he's here. A proper character. I love it. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. So much. Is there anybody in England that this man will not put in a movie? No, at this point, no. And everyone wants to work with him. It's just wild. Yeah, but Pierce Fucking Brosnan. Pierce Fucking Brosnan. I, I just said frucking like I'm the Swedish Chef. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> fruck 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 fruck. <laughs> He welcomes them with pints, ready. And they're like, are you a blank? And he's like, hey, guys, why don't you guys hang out with us? Join us. We're just all trying to have fun. You don't have to become one of us. Just submit to our ways, and, and everything will be hunky-dory. That makes it sound like a slave, like a robot. No, definitely not slaves. <laughs> Everybody's doing this of their own volition. It should be noted. He was their teacher back in the day. Yeah. Have you ever gotten drunk with one of your past teachers? I have not. I have. It is wild. I bet. You forget that they were once your teacher. Oh. And that you've learned things from them because you see them out of character, if you will. Right. And you go, oh boy. Oh boy. That's why I always say, like, I know friends that I went to like high school and college with who are now teachers. And you're like, no, no, you should not be talking about the Revolutionary War. You especially should not be talking about the Civil War. (laughs) It's weird that- that's a, a delineation that you'd have to make about one of your friends. Like, listen, I know that you don't know a lot about the Revolutionary War, but I know for a fact you know shit about the Civil War. Uh, you know, there are certain wars that this guy could probably talk about, but... <laughs> but... Like, I'm an 1812 specialist. No, you're fucking not. No one is. You're just a chapter ahead of the kids. <laughs> That's really what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like uh, what'd you do what kind of what subjects do you teach? I teach uh, what 10th grade English fine oh you're in great Gatsby uh, spark notes yeah I am yeah <laughs> <laughs> and this website told me what all the themes are so yeah. I'm gonna make the kids guess what they are green is important I had a teacher like that in high school yeah and he went to Harvard and he let Everybody knew that he went to Harvard. Well, he was teaching you, you public do. school, high school English. <laughs> and every one of his tests, he openly said, is like, you will pass every one of my tests because I'm going to take them off of Sparknotes. And then he did. So the amount of effort that this man put in was just- That's awesome. It couldn't have been any more minimal. Hey, guys, I'm telling you right now, for all of sophomore year, you don't have to read the book. Yeah. <laughs> he openly told us- During Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, he said, if you answer every single one of these as the river, I promise you're going to get a 100. (laughs) (laughs) To which I did. Yeah. And to which others did not. Why would you not? I don't know. I think they thought it was like a trick. The answer was the river. I had another teacher who thought it was all hot shit. And on any Scantron or anything like that, if it was like a true or false one, he would always go true, false, true, false, true, false, true, false, true, false the entire way through it. Really? Yeah. That's and lazy. It gets in your head though. At a point, we're just like, Nah, he's gonna try to trip me up at some point. Yeah. There's no way he's gonna lean into this bit that hard. And then they do. As a person who <laughs> leans into bits pretty hard, <laughs> you notice that you got like the three falses <laughs> in a row, and you're going, Oh, that uh, looks weird. I feel like one of those is probably wrong. I think the middle one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna change. I'm gonna change it to true. Never did. You know what's weird? I is- never got a hundred percent of those things because I always got my own head. It was a good mental trick. Sure. I I guess. I feel like that helps people who didn't study more than it does the people who did. Yeah. It made me realize that. The public education system is (laughs) bullshit. Like, I could understand that if it was for an ease of grading kind of thing, but if it's a Scantron, why why are you doing that? I don't know. That's really just a waste of a number two and a Scantron. Yeah. A Scantron. I like the way you said that. Oh, it's French. It's, well, it sounded right? like it was a, a transformer. <laughs> what would that even be? That's such a boring transformer. Scantron. It's a scanner that turns into a robot. <laughs> Bumblebee, you have passed my test. So it's quizzing all the other <laughs> Autobots. I love it. I hate it. Um anyway, the world's end, right? Yeah, that's where we still are. Did I just have to look at the cheat sheet for the title for the of, the t- movie? of the movie? <laughs> Uh, uh. I should have, like, fucked you, like, nah, dude, G-Men from hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's what nine pints will do for you. Well, eight in a shot. Don't get kicked out. It'll be nine next time. <laughs> so, yeah, Mr. Shepherd is trying to encourage them to just, like, you know, go along with things. Lean in. It'll be fine. We're all we're all having a great time here in Newfound... New Haven. I know it's New Haven, but they add, like, a, a syllable in there somewhere. Do they? Yeah. Newton Haven. Newton Haven. That's the one. This is not going I well. I could not remember the ton. <laughs> We're in trouble right now, Brian. We, we are in trouble. Oliver is kind of like, actually, what, what Mr. Shepard is saying here makes a little bit of sense. And that's when Andy notices that his birthmark is back. Yeah, he got it laser removed because he got the monies, and Now, now it's he's got, back. He's got a, a birthmark on his head, and Andy bashes his head in. As you should. Martin Freeman gets his head just blown off. Mostly blown off. He's, he's now mostly, just a yes. lower part of the head? He's he's just a, a marfree. <laughs> what? Oh, it's the bottom half, so I guess he's a tin man? Uh nope. I'm just using half of his names. It's not landing. No, I don't <laughs> know what you're talking about. At this point, with only the bottom half of his face, he's just a, really just an Ebert Wish. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> Right. Oh no. no! He's got the full mouth. It's not even. That's not fair, really. He just. How dare you? How dare I? For what? <laughs> oh no! I meant. I meant Ebert saying that to Martin Freeman. Just that jaw, keeping that part. It's not fair. <laughs> I guess. Martin Freeman's most of his head is now just blown off, and you just see. It looks like a bowl almost. Yeah, but it's full of blue goo. Right. This initiates a, a whole brawl between the the remaining four musketeers because they keep talking about the three musketeers and how it should have been five so two of them could die and then they'd still have three of course as you do yes and and all of these blanks at the bar who now when they open their mouths they glow they open their mouths real big and And their their, eyes eyes glow. glow it's like the thing poster right it's extremely effective it's, oh, yeah. It's, it's so cool. It's so cool looking, and it's so simple, and it just lands. Yeah, so everybody fights while Gary tries to finish his drink while fighting. He's barely trying to fight. Ba- oh, no, not at all, really. He's just like, <laughs> I need to drink this beer, but eventually somebody gets in trouble, and he goes to save him, and still manages to finish his. It's, it's probably Peter, because Peter's not great at fighting. Peter's not want to fight. No. He hid in the stall during the bathroom earlier. It worked. Works pretty well. Came out unscathed. Yes, he did. It turns out the Blanks can repair themselves, and Mr. Shepard once again tells the group that she should join them. But the group flees. Gary makes sure that Sam gets away in her car before he runs to join the others. What a guy. It's like the first selfless thing he's done in the entire, uh, ever. I don't think it is. No? No, because he's telling her to flee because it's her chance to get out, and he grasps that. His idea is never to leave. He wants to finish this golden mile no matter what. Yeah. But he also has a chance to let Sam leave. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? He has no reason to keep her there. Except he does because he wants to go back to the disabled. No. This is the Casablanca moment here of him recognizing we'll always have the we'll disabled. We'll always have the disabled. <laughs> yeah. But that's after he's told her to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Humphrey Bogart tells Ingrid Bergman to leave too. That's how Casablanca ends. Are you. Spoilers. Are, I'm sorry. Are you I am saying- comparing. The two are similar characters? I completely am. Really? It's a lot better than Out Cold, which is a Casablanca kind of adaptation, where I believe it's Zach Galifianakis fucks a hot tub. So I think I'm a little more on point with this. Is that like the sequel to Hot Tub Time Machine? No, this came well before. Oh, it's it's how the hot tub was born. Got it. That's right. Zach Galifianakis fucked a jacuzzi. And that's why and that's the you, hot tub time machine tiga, got its Italian accent. Time <laughs> <laughs> Another movie we reference frequently. Yes. <laughs> S- stay tuned? No. 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 All I'm saying, is yeah, this is very Casablanca-like, and it makes perfect sense why he's saying, get the hell out of here. Yeah. He's got his own goal still in mind. No matter what it is, he has no reason for Sam to stick around. He's going to keep drinking. I don't see that as being selfish. Letting Sam leave. I also don't see this being selfless, though. I do. I think he's just letting it play out the way it will. Like it's there's nothing. I feel there's nothing heroic about it. Let me get to the next scene uh, then. Everybody gets mad at Gary for letting Sam leave because she has a car and she's the only sober person. That's correct. But he's like, I did the right thing. Those are where's your argument? Those were his words that he said. I did the right thing. That's a problem that you said that he did the right thing. Why is it? Because Gary's a piece of shit. We know that. Yes, but in this moment, the first time he does the right thing, he gets shit for it, and that's a character development moment that you must have missed? No. What I'm saying is that you're saying he you did the right thing because his other friends are trying to get out, and she's the sober one. Frankly, if I'm drunk off my ass and I'm in a blank invasion, I'm not going to care if I'm sober or not. It's a survival instinct at that point. Yeah. So it doesn't matter that- I'm very confused about your point is then, because- why would it my, matter then that he sent her away? My, because he has the chance to send her on her way to yeah, freedom. which is the well, right thing to do. Correct. Okay, so we're in time, agreement. He's not going to get in the car with her. Is that what you're suggesting? Oh no, It was never about him going. With, it was about her leaving. She wanted him to come, and he was like, no, you go. Because he selfishly wants to finish the Golden Mile no matter what. Yeah, but she wanted to stay to help everybody, and he sent her away. Yeah, because he realized it's stupid for her to stay. There's no reason for her to stay. Except to help everybody. Oh, dear. So he sent her away, which is selfless. Uh, I guess. We're arguing the both sides of the same coin, I think. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Gary rejoins Andy, Stephen, and Pete at a location they refer to as the Bulls Club. And in the first attempt at the crawl, this is where everything went south. Yes. Gary tells Andy, Stephen, Pete that he put Sam in a car and told her to go back to London. And they're like, why would you do that? He's got the beast. Why do they care? Andy's really concerned about who's going to drive because of a prior instance. Well, the instance was, have we learned it yet? I'm about to get to it. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) They try to force Gary to prove that he's human and Gary has them do the same, recalling various injuries that happened to the group during their youth and demanding to see the scars. When he asks Andy, Andy reminds Gary of the catalyst of his sobriety. When Gary drank so much that he passed out and Andy had to bring him to the hospital, but because he had also been drinking, he flipped the car and was seriously injured. Right. Gary miraculously woke up and slipped away, but Andy was sent to the hospital and subsequently arrested for driving drunk. And then he didn't drink again for 16 years. Makes sense. So now you kind of understand why Andy's worried about why he sent away the only sober person. Correct. But Gary refuses to show them his arm. And instead, to prove he's human, slams his head against a wooden beam. <laughs> Repeatedly, though. And they're like, yeah, he's too stupid to be one of them. <laughs> it's definitely Gary. So the guys take a shortcut through the woods. Oh, there it is. Ah, all right. He got to it. <laughs> and Pete runs into Shane, who apologizes the man. for the bullying. Yeah. And Shane- As you meet all your bullies, in the middle of the woods. Yeah. At night, during a blank invasion. So after Shane apologizes, Pete- Beats the shit out of him. He beats him to whatever death is imaginable for for these blanks. A blank. He yeah. bashes his head in, and he just keeps. He gets a he gets a branch and starts hitting him yeah, with it, which is wild. That's not going to do much. No, that's it's fun, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. The aerodynamics of a branch, not great. <laughs> <laughs> but other blanks start surrounding the woods and gang up on Pete, and the others are forced to leave him behind. I really like how Pete got his kind of win, though. Yeah, Pete got his win, kind of, he even did. though it wasn't really his bully. No, but at the but same time, that, he, that's yeah, good enough. He got the release. Yeah. Oh, the Beehive, so named because of, they got swarmed by blanks. How about that? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Gary's still hell bent on finishing the Golden Mile for reasons, but Andy and Steven want to get the hell out of Newton Haven. Hey, look, it's in my notes. Hey, you did it. <laughs> you said the word right. Andy knocks Gary out. And he throws him over his shoulder. And they evade blanks to get to Gary's car. Just easier, really. Right. Than having it's to like, deal with him. If we just shut this guy up for a minute, we can get the hell out of here. Unfortunately, to get back to the beast, they have to go through the king's head. Andy places the unconscious Gary on the bar while he and Steven try to unlock the back exit. Gary comes to him and pours himself <laughs> a pint. Instantly. The King's head. Gary King. Oh hey, how about that? Yeah. Okay. Gary tosses Andy his car keys and decides he's going to run off to the next pub. Hey man, you got to have something to live for. I mean, if you don't have goals. What's the point? I guess. I, if this is this is what you're living for, it must be. There are other bars and other towns you could do into the pub crawl, man. Uh, this, not this one though. The Golden Mile. It's the Golden Mile. It's gotta live you for know something. What? I don't care if if there's robots outside trying to. They're not robots. They're not not robots. <laughs> Refusing to abandon his friend, Andy gives Stephen the keys and runs after Gary. So we go to the hole in the wall. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah, pour another. (laughs) I am pounding at this point. These are going a little too fast, and I I don't know how I'm going to get home. Yeah, well, that's on you, really. (laughs) Gary quickly gets his pint at the hole in the wall. And then Andy shows up to yell at him, presumably, because that's what Andy does for most of the movies, yell at Gary. And then Stephen drives through the wall of the pub, thus leaving a hole- As you do. In the wall. Oh, come on. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that was the obvious one. Yeah, it was. These are all like proper names of what would be a bar. Yeah. When I was in England, I remember staying with my buddies uh, when he was at university, went to Royal Holloway. Uh, Uni. Apologies to all of England. When uh, he was there, we went to the bar on campus that was called Medicine. It's like, that's a cool-ass bar name. That is a great bar name. It's even better that it's on campus. On-campus bars, man. Yeah. Fucked up by going to the college in the States. <laughs> Wrong side of the pond, mate. Yeah. It's funny because when I was there, they, they set up a new cafeteria, and it was the old campus bar. And I was like, well, cool. <laughs> I get I get to- eat shitty chicken sandwiches in what used to be a cool place to hang out on campus. I don't even think we had that on campus. So I remember at our campus, like, we had the whole entire, like, when you walked into the student center, you had all the food that you can pick out, yada, yada, Yeah. And then when you went downstairs, they're like, we got the game room, which had some games. It was fine, I suppose. And next to that, you had the Ratskeller. The Skeller was the name of our bar. Was it really? Yeah. And the Skeller just had food. That was downstairs. Yeah, that's, that was really that's what it, it turned into. <laughs> prof's place, which was food downstairs. Yep. Yep. More or less. And pool the, tables. The same thing. I A would think single same. pool table, actually. Okay. Yeah. Man, we, we should have gotten to better places, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Weird that it was also called the Ratskeller. Yeah. I think it's just like, what are you going to name your underground X bar? The rat Cellar? No, not that. But something no, close no, no, to it. Something fancier. <laughs> oh, Wrathskiller. Went full Swedish chef on it. as you, Oh, God. Nope, that was not good. Nope. I can't do impressions anymore. Which is going to suck in a minute. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> Gary starts running off again, and Andy continues to chase him. Except now, this is a proper chase scene. It's a proper chase scene because when you said Andy starts to chase him, you think like, oh, they're running real fast through yeah. this real tight space, and the camera's cutting like crazy. No. Nope. This is them running through this giant square. Gary's in the lead with a lot of blanks behind him, with Andy somewhere in the mix, and more blanks even behind him. Yeah, and the cop from earlier. He's a blank, and Andy is fighting off any blank that stands between him and Gary, including Becky from the Marmalade Sandwich, which he, he punches in the stomach and gets his ring back. Right, and this is right outside our, thank God, it's that, our yeah. last bar. Well, yes, yes, this is our last bar. With air quotes. Yes. Of course. The world's end. We've reached the world's end. We made it. I got some bad news for you. Do you? The world's end is a real bar. It is known as the Gardener's Arms. Why is this bad news? Mostly because, I'm going to read this right from this Radio Times article that I'm reading these off of. If you've made it this far to the final pub on the list, the world's end, you thoroughly deserve a celebratory pint. Oh, good. Although... Don't expect drunken escapades or a similar explosive finale to the film. Duh! Many come to this sedate little Art Deco boozer. I love it, boozer, for its carvery and unlimited ice cream. Ice cream—a solution to your impending hangover, perhaps? Oh snap! That's a reference to the thing. So the Edgar Wright is Hangover Curious Ice Cream. So how about that? How about all of that? That's a uh, an article author who did their research. An article author. That's he, he what you all call him after 11 pints, Dave. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, first try. We've, we've made it. You did it. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I like the way that you did it. It was just like if Vanna White ever opened a beer, I'd imagine that's how she would open it to show off. Like, look what I yeah, did. Yeah, showmanship for the audio medium. That's that's me. I don't quite get it, even after 114 episodes. That's right. You'd be surprised. That, I mean, really, the show looks better than it sounds. Yeah. Well, but Dave, you Dave would, will fix no. it in post. <laughs> There's already a pint sitting on a table waiting for Gary. With a number 12. With a number 12 on it. That seems shady. That seems like you're going to drink it. You're either going to, A, get raped, or B, get a kidney stolen and yeah. wake up in a bathtub. Yeah, or get blue-blooded. You could get blanked. Blanked is Wayne a good, better like, word for it. One of the ways otherwise brothers to pop up, which everyone's in Blank Man. <laughs> reference. That's what I'm going that with. That was a reference. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know which one it is. I just know Blank Man's a thing. I'm, I'm fairly certain it's Damon. Okay. Good enough. I've been wrong before, though. <laughs> On this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. As Gary goes to take the drink, Andy shows up and throws it out of his hand. And the two start fighting as Gary continuously tries to pour himself a beer and Andy keeps smacking it out of his hands. Or, Yeah, he saying you don't need this. Right. Which Gary very much fucking does. Honestly, it'd be quicker for Andy to pour him the drink and say, yes. finish this so we can fucking go. <laughs> Instead, he fights him for like what seems like ever. Forever? Yes. Eventually grabbing his wrists and seeing that they're bandaged, revealing that Gary has attempted suicide. It's dark. It's very dark. It's a huge reveal and explains so much so quick. You're like holy shit. That to me is a master stroke of this movie. And yes. A lot of people got really upset at it because it is such a dark turn to this. What was this sort Aloof of lighthearted yeah. friendship kind of movie that also. That two people have died in. Yeah <laughs> eventually but it also had like these elements of reliving the past. These buddies hanging out at this town that they used to, yeah. they grew up in, they're doing the Golden Mile. Obviously, there was the twist with the blank invasion as their body snatching. Yeah. And now you get this. Yeah. This last twist of why Gary's really so gung-ho, why does want to show his arms for the whole test that yeah. Andy gave him. And you start to really get hit in the feels quite a bit. You do. Gary tells Andy that he hates what his life has become, and he's- He's gone to meetings to get help and all they do is talk about what's wrong with with the world and and he feels like the golden mile was the last time his life was good. He goes back to that like fulcrum point in his life. Yeah. Like this is where I was the king. This was my favorite night right. I was with my buds. It meant fucking nothing to anybody else but it meant something to me. It was huge for Garrett. And Gary. that yeah. right there. That's powerful. That yeah. is great storytelling. Yeah. Gary wants what Andy and the others have, children, a wife, a fancy job, a big house, and whatnot. And Andy's like, Gary, our lives aren't as perfect as you think they are. Andy's wife left him a week prior. Yeah. Or two weeks prior, or whatever it is. And Gary still insists the Golden Mile is all he has. So he starts to pour himself a pint, but when he pulls the lever, the whole pub shakes, (laughs) and the bar lowers- Gary and Andy into this underground chamber. I love it. It's one of those like weird taps that you also have to like repeatedly pump to get the the booze out. I love that. But yeah, we're we're going underground. We're going underground. (laughs) A bright light and a booming voice appears. Standing all around the place are other blanks. And the voice of Bill Nye, not the science guy. Correct. He's back again. He's back again. Third movie in a row. For a lot of these guys, yes. Good job, Edgar Wright, for for hiring the same people. (laughs) You did good. I mean, I guess at least he knows what kind of performance he can expect out of them. Sure. The Voice tells them that they are the network, and their mission is to recreate a more civilized society on Earth, as they've done in many other places. According to the network, Earth is the most uncivilized planet in the galaxy. Now, at this point... Andy and Gary are both belligerently drunk, and they're just (laughs) yelling at the network. The network, by the way, is like five beams of light. They call it The Lamp. The network brings forth a young version of Gary that he got from the the DNA at the Mermaid earlier. Right. And young Gary tries to convince Gary to let him be the person he used to be. It's like, let me take over for you, and I'll I'll be the true Gary when we were king. And this is a bit complicated, mostly because- you got old Gary who never really grew up, right? And it shows. They're both here. young Gary, really, right? So Gary rips off his young counterpart's head, as you do, as you do, and then there's some yelling back and forth between between Gary, Andy, and the network. The light, the light, yep. and then Steven shows up. I really, really love how the network says like it's only you two drunk guys, and Steven's like <laughs> Stephen. You w- mean three repels like, down heroically, like, three drunk guys. To- <laughs> together so good. Steven Gary and Andy defy the network saying that humans don't need to be changed. They may be fuckups, but they're proud to be fuckups. I <laughs> like you say like <laughs> they defy the network. It's like no, these are just internet trolls brought to life who are yeah. actively trying to piss off whatever this thing is. The network. Yeah. It's it's three men against the internet. That's it. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, eventually the network decides that it's impossible to argue with Gary. I love how the network is very prim and proper, yes. saying, well, I need to convert you. And then eventually it's like, yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. I'm just That's g- a direct quote from this movie. That is. is. Fuck it. Yep. <laughs> Bill Nye goes, fuck it. And he just leaves. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> they annoyed this galactic network into submission in these few minutes just for being so fucking obtuse. (laughs) I love it. It's phenomenal. But then the place starts to self-destruct. Yeah, that's a problem. So Basil shows up, and he leads them out. (laughs) Right. This is after I love the line how when they say, like, oh, we get the DNA, and then we create a new you through these replicants. Yeah. And they say, like, oh, what happens with the bodies? And I love how from somewhere... (laughs) Basil you hear bad. I told you not to ask about that. <laughs> they turn him into mulch. They mulch him. They mulch him. All right, they give him back to the earth, which, uh, you know what? Good on them. Yeah, It's green. I told you not to ask. <laughs> Basil is phenomenal. He's the best. Once they're outside, Sam shows up conveniently yeah, fine. And, and drives them away. Yep, fine, again. The world's end blows up, and the self-destruct emits a pulse that spreads across Newton Haven, and Sam drives like hell and gets herself and the guys out of the blast radius as it consumes the town. Not just the town, though. That's the problem. It's not just the town. No, the, the world has ended. Sometime later, <laughs> we hear from Andy as he sits around a campfire and retells the story of that night, and he updates us on the new world. When the network left, the explosion from the world's end set off a pulse that shut off all of the world's technology, forcing the entire planet back into the Dark Ages. Right. Andy reconciled with his wife, as the problems didn't see that, that big in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> it makes sense, yeah. Andy doesn't even remember any of the processed food that he missed. At that moment, a Cornetto rapper <laughs> flies across the screen. And, a green one. And lands on, on the fence. It's almost a fence gag, but it's not quite. It's damn close and it is so appropriate. Yeah. The blanks mysteriously rebooted and were assimilated into the new world. So you have Peter going home to his family. Yeah. Uh, blank Oliver returns to his job as a real estate agent. Right. And he's got like a paper mache head now. With, with like <laughs> smiley face eyes drawn on it. So good. I love that. At the end of this movie, when he has this paper mache head, he's showing this same couple a new place. I love it so it's much; so good. And yeah, Pete returns to his family, and they don't care that he's a blank. No, nope, don't They're care at like, all. I like that Andy's like they either don't know or they just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> Steve and Sam wind up together, and honestly, I didn't see that happening. <laughs> no, not even close. And Gary, good for them. Andy has no idea what happened to Gary. Well, Gary here. So we cut to Gary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a gang of blanks now that follow him about. Yeah, it's it's his friends, but the younger versions of them, right? And they're in the ruins of Newton Haven, entering a pub called the Rising Sun. Hey, about that. And they order five waters. They sure do, Dave. I'm ready for a water. I am too. <laughs> the bartender refuses to serve the blanks because it's still Earth segregation. <laughs> it's a problem. Gary gives a similar speech to what he did when they first entered the first post, and the bartender refuses to serve them again, and that's when he's like, who the hell do you think you are? Gary King says, they call me the king, and he pulls out a katana and yep. presumably attacks the bartender with said katana. As the blanks behind him light up their faces, right, and him. it's a really cool. We cut the black, and that is the world's <laughs> that's end it. 2013, done by the Edgar Wright- I love this movie. It's very good. I liked it a lot more after this viewing than I did the first time I saw it. I hated it in the middle, this discussion of it. <laughs> oh, all the drinking we just yeah. did? There seemed to be like a hump to the drinking. Yeah. Of You had that uphill climb that you get excited for. You get to the plateau and you're going, man, I hope this ends soon. Oh, it's not? Okay. Let's power through. Okay, yeah. the end in sight now. This is great. I still haven't finished my, my World's End pint. No, we're still working on it. I'm going to slow roll that one. And that's totally fine. (laughs) I really do think this is Edgar Wright's most complete movie. Yeah. I think Shaun of the Dead has a lot of gags. Yes. And it is a Trojan horse of a zombie movie. Big time. Where you do have the relationship issues, but you also have the shitty Ed. The Ram Zomcom. Right. Uh, Hot Fuzz obviously picks on police. Yep. Buddy cop movies. Kind of authority and power. Yeah. That's where it goes from there. And I think it leans very heavily into the comedy. More than the other two. Yeah. But it's also sneaky because the lead is the is the straight man. Which is wild to me. Yeah. And especially because the lead, Simon Pegg. And I think this one here is just a character study for the first 45 minutes until you get that twist yeah. of, no, this is a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there's robots. They're not robots. I they're aliens. Cannot but, say this enough. But they're also... The aliens are replacing people with shells of people. Their body are, snatching. They're pretty right. robotic. If you want to say it, fine. I don't think Edgar Wright would. I think this is his most complete movie. I think it lands on so many levels where you do get that craziness of A Shaun of the Dead or the ending of Hot Fuzz. Yeah. And that's the entire last, well, let's call it 45 minutes of this movie, really, because it's two movies. But I love the character study at the beginning of this thing where you get these old friends coming together and you get drawn into actually caring about the characters for the first time ever. Yeah. And then when it actually does start to go to the shit, it's, you actually have stakes in the game too as the audience. It's a great movie. It really is. Having just watched the movie, if you go back and rewatch the very first scene, you can remember every little part of the movie because they show you the whole thing up front. It's amazing. The whole thing is in the first scene and you're like... Wow. All right. (laughs) It's a genius How did I miss all of that? It's very good filmmaking. It's a fun film trick. Right. And Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright deserve all the credit in the world for even coming up with these three stories. Yeah. That are so drastically different but can still feature the same cast of everything. It just shows a certain level of brilliance and professionalism. It all lands. Everything works. It really does. This trilogy isn't a trilogy. Not at all. face it, it's based around ice cream cones. It is three movies connected by a director, a writer, a couple of actors, and ice cream. That's it. That's it. But it all works. Yeah. And that's the crazy part. There is no interconnectivity between the storylines. You don't need it. No. Fine. Unnecessary. I absolutely love this trilogy. Me too. I still say this is my favorite of the three. Even after watching all three yeah. back to back to back and now. being forced to drink through talking about the third one. Right. It should be miserable. It's not Yeah. I, I think it. Hot Fuzz is still my favorite of the three. That you would just I rather do sit down and watch. Respect this one more now. Okay. Than I did on my first view. If you had to rank them one, two, three, where do you go? Oh dear. Hot fuzz is one. And boy oh boy, <laughs> don't make me list the next two. <laughs> Good luck. Go ahead. Fire away. Let's let's you know what? Put your bork where your cork is. That's what he would say. Yeah, my my <laughs> bork where my cork is. I have to watch Shaun of the Dead again. Already? Yeah, <laughs> I can't decide. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I've only seen this one twice, so so it's hard for me because the other ones I've seen so many times. Oh, that's fine. It's fine if you want to cop out. That's I'm fine. definitely going to cop out. <laughs> Mostly because I feel like you're going to guffaw when I say that this one is my least favorite of the three. <laughs> no, they uh, I mean, they're all three very good in their own right, so yeah. I wouldn't guffaw. All right. Well, then it's Shaun of the Dead. And guffaw! The <laughs> <laughs> is that you guffaw? I don't know. I think- <laughs> Just say it. I've only read the word. I don't know actually how the That's reaction goes. very fair. Speaking of things that are very fair, Rotten Tomatoes, 1 to 100. Go ahead. 90? 89. What did I tell you? No, that time Every I added one. You told me to add one, <laughs> and I added one, you asshole. Consistently one off at this point. I'm very almost good. You're very almost good. Audience yeah. score, though, 71. Well, they don't understand. Fuck a doodle-doo. Fuck a doodle do. Ah, oh, you brought it back. That audience score kind of makes sense to a lot of the reviews that were given for this thing. Really? Yeah, for at least the audience. We'll get there in a second. Oh, boy. Roger but did not see this movie. What? He wasn't doing great at this point. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. He stuck to only superhero movies strictly, I think. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Possibly yeah. in this made up lie. He definitely he was, did. He was getting, he was looking pretty Martin Freeman esque. He was. It was the other half. The other half. Missing. The reverse Martin Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that's... like in the first season of The Flash on CW, you had the reverse Flash. Yeah. This is really just. Reverse Freeman. Exactly. It's a, a Martin Slaveman. Why did it just say the reverse Freeman? I mean, you didn't have to throw anything else. You're right. And I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> Instead on rodriver.com, Matt zoller sites did see this thing, and he gave it a 3.5 out of 4. Okay. He said, you might not expect a slapstick comedy about middle-aged pub crawlers brawling with superhuman extraterrestrial invaders to have brains, heart, and wisdom, but that's The World's End. A rare film that's as much fun as you've heard. Yeah. People are saying. It's <laughs> a lot of fun. We're in the street. Also- It had heart, brains, and wit. How about that? Three things I didn't expect. I just sandwiched this thing. He goes on and he raves about the movie. How it's interesting how they mix the characters along with the sci-fi elements of this thing and still somehow made a coherent story. Yeah. He said, but in an era in which mainstream movies not only lack rhythm but seem to have forgotten how to dance, this one's briskness is inspiring. Its judgment is nearly unerring. Which is a well to air side joke for this movie, which is brilliant. <laughs> Watch good. this movie, and it has a sense of joy that's rare. Like most genre films, the world's end is working things through in an extremely broad way and having a grand time doing it. And its self deprecating wit inoculates it against self importance. Yes. The movie wears its themes on its sleeve and pins its symbols to its puffed-out rooster's chest, swaggers about with a proud, grin-jabbing thumbs at itself, then walks into an open manhole. It's magnificent. <laughs> uh, I think he nails it. Yeah. tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> this movie knows what it is. Absolutely. It knows that it's very good the whole way through. You cocky sons of bitches. Yeah. It doesn't want you to like say, like, oh, I know I'm the fucking best. <laughs> I'm the king, and I know it. Sit down and enjoy me, you bastard. Basically, Simon Pegg's character in this movie is the movie. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) it. You're gonna hate him, but damn it, it's charming. Oh, holy shit, he's great, (laughs) and he knows it, and it's the worst. Yeah, you're absolutely (laughs) right. Speaking about the Gary Kings on (laughs) Amazon.com, this thing's got a 4.6 out of five. 71% are five star. Only one percent are one star. Good God. From January fourteenth, 2014, the first half was a blast. You know, the sad part. Yeah, okay. The part where everybody's like, this guy sucks, right? Right. (laughs) Then suddenly switched gears with a twist and became incredibly stupid. Big disappointment, and the trailers don't clue you in. Oh, thank God that the trailers... uh, I wish the the trailers spoiled the movie for me. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't they tell me how it ends? Why don't they tell me that Bruce Willis was dead the whole time? And let me just, you know... See the pieces of the puzzle as they fall into place. I think, ah! I think that would be my favorite one star review is like, can't believe they didn't tell us in the trailers that Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. <laughs> what a waste of time. It's not even a real story. He was a ghost. Right. <laughs> I was so locked into the drama that the surprise was just too shocking. <laughs> uh. From December 7th, 2013, ugly British dudes trying to copy the hangover. Completely lame and not funny. That's I don't think that's nothing like The hangover. I, I don't think they understood the hangover more than anything. That's... they thought the hangover was about guys trying to relive their <laughs> <laughs> like their glory days of childhood. yeah, that's that's um uh, that's not what that's about no, and they'll say ugly British dude. It's like, have you ever seen Ed Helms? <laughs> Ed Helms is hot as fuck, Dave. Uh, I will side with Ryan from experience grind and say. No, he fucking is not. (laughs) That's all I have to do, and it lands every time. Uh, Bear me that next one star. (laughs) The last one that I have is from January tenth, twenty fourteen. I hadn't seen the trailer for this movie, and from a glance at the movie poster, thought it was some kind of adventure in some fantastic world. But no, (laughs) oh no, so many O's. It's a movie about a bunch of middle-aged drunks. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Wait. I just felt like I was played the fool by some evil marketing execs. Because you saw the poster. Yeah. Which is accurate to what the movie is. Uh, eventually, yes. And I, I just really appreciate it. He's like, it's about middle-aged drunks. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's like he fully Seinfelds yeah. it. It's great. I was conned by the poster. I didn't see the trailer, but I was like, I'm going to watch this movie based on the poster right, and then be upset. We're in 1920 where the talkies are just coming out. And that's I, all we really have to go off of is the poster. The poster. <laughs> Maybe he's living in the post-worlds and apocalypse where there's no digital media. Right, and there's only Stretch Armstrong and, for that kind of reference. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I went on amazon.co.uk and they're just generally pissed. Really? That this is not a good finale to their trilogy, if you will, their Cornetto trilogy. Oh. Yeah, they just don't like it. That's all it is. They thought the other two were great. They thought it was kind of a rehash of Shaun of the Dead in a lot of ways, which there's parts of it I understand. There's parts, most of it I don't, but there's parts of it I do get. I can see it in like certain gags and things, but no. That's all I got for one star. Let's all give this right. thing a not so super sub score. We could do I that. I did it right. I did it right. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of After you. After all these beers, and still, I focused so damn hard. you are not going to do it, though. Okay. And now for another edition of the K-Podcast Society. Yeah. I'm not even sure if what I just did was English or pirate. No, keep that energy going, because what we're <laughs> going to do right now, Keaton Patty, comedy writer, hopefully you've heard the show. <laughs> you, you know great. It, you we know what him. we're doing. Yes. Dave, next week we're talking about a movie that, that is very less English. It's more Americanized. Okay. So what I wanted to do, since it might be our last chance to do it, is Keaton Patty forced a bot to watch over a 1,000 hours of The Great British Bake Off. Oh, this is great! And this is my dream right here. Do, ask I to be it to an episode do I get to be Paul Hollywood? Do I get British to be Paul Bake Hollywood? Do I get to be Paul Hollywood? Do I get to be Paul Hollywood? And here is the first page. Yeah. Dave, you'll be playing the parts of Prue. Fine. She's very posh, as they call it. Contestant 2. just good, too. And Paul Hollywood. Yes! <laughs> dream come true! <laughs> I'll be doing the narration, as always. Contestant 1 and Noel. Oh, this is the best day of my life. I thought do you know this, how to do a Noel? I... I watched actually some videos of Noel to make sure I could do it. Yeah, you got to really get nasally and be kind of vampire like. <laughs> he's it's great. He's got a face. man. He does have a face. <laughs> if I've ever seen one, I love Noel Fielding so much. Well, good. Um, this is this is King oh, Podcasters hold Theater. Hold on, you said Prue. This is Sandy. This is Noel's counterpart in past seasons. Oh, it's oh. very exciting still. Okay, Sandy. You're yeah, Sandy. Get with your baking shows, Brian. My bad. <laughs> It's on Netflix. It's terrific. You're never going to watch something more relaxing and more intense. That is too competing. I'm aware of that. It's a lot like when Ink Master was a thing before it got canceled. If, like, you're watching that and they're, like, tattooing each other. And not each other, but human canvas, (laughs) they called it. But in... Ink Master like, yeah, I want you to draw this fucking goblin on this guy. Also, this guy can't draw a fucking goblin. Now this man's stuck with it forever. Fuck you, (laughs) America. Fuck yeah. Got it. How's your fame feel? Uh, Fame was a Connecticut tattoo artist. Be careful with that. Oh. Yeah. How's your 15 minutes feel? (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Uh, But with Great British Bake Off here, what they do is like, oh, your, your bread was a bit stodgy. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, sorry. That's intense. That type of thing. But relaxing. But you're like, don't go home. Don't go home. This is a bad day. Oh, you forgot to add the extra yeast or whatever. You didn't prove it long enough. That's all baking terms. It's rough. It really gets to you. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I expect you to excel on this one then. Well, you're foolish. (laughs) (laughs) The Great British Bake Off. Action. Interior. The tent that is England. I love it already. Hosts Noel and Sandy talk to contestants. Judges of food law Paul Hollywood and Prue San Francisco, <laughs> silently think of flour. It is cake wick, The week you make cake. Cake is a pie that owns land. Cake is breaded sugar, right, Paul? Paul reacts not. His eyes are glazed donuts of annoyance. His beard and hair are earl gray. His skeleton is rolling pins. His silence means pastry agreement. Challenge is forge a cake born of oven, also used of sponge. Must be food free. <laughs> you have five years. BAK! Contestants panic their dry goods into a bowl. Contestant one cracks milk into an egg. She is old, so she knows how to eat. <laughs> this recipe is my grandma. Contestant two is filling pans with despair. His oven cries. No, I forgot to add powdered steam. I must start my life over. (laughs) Contestant two melts away. Noel speaks with contestant five. She decorates her bake with knives, betraying she is French. (laughs) That looks proper cheerio, love. Paul bursts out of her bake, dripping with gluttony criticisms. Your flavors need work. Get them a job. My flavors are all firemen. It starts to rain sprinkles in the tent. Many contestants forget to bake an umbrella. Paul scoffs and scones. Your time is burned. Present cakes. All 92 contestants have built waffles, not cakes. Paul's hands shake into whisks of anger, giving everyone soggy bottoms. (laughs) Uh, That all landed beautifully with me. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's terrific. And scene. And scene. (laughs) (laughs) Please. The Not So Super Stuff score? You did it. Let's do it. Twice. Yeah, I'm focusing real hard because of the amount of booze that is going into my brain right now. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Story and motivation. I want to go one. Yeah. 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 The story in this kicks ass. It really does. Uh, the motivation even kicks ass. The motivation, once we find out what it is, you're like, oh. Yeah, it's kind of heartbreaking. It is. It makes me want to go one five until I remember. This is a man who just wants to drink a lot. Yeah. Which I do approve of, so I should probably go two. I think one is good. But I'm gonna come down to Earth and go one five. Yeah. Earth coming down to Earth like the network did. Uh, exactly. One five. One... I'm gonna allow it, but really? <laughs> I'm not I'm not happy about it, and I'm gonna make you suffer for it in, in the coming rounds. Good luck. Hero. Is it Gary? It's Gary. Or Gary and Friends. It's Gary. Now who's he heroic to? Gary. The, the greater world? He doesn't end the world. Let's not forget that. <laughs> he ends the world. Yes. But he's true to himself, and that's what thats what life is all are... about. Yep, sure is. It's probably a .25 max. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds Type about right. Type it in before you change your mind. .25. Nailed it. Yeah, that was you squeaking your way out of a zero. Yes. <laughs> I know how this game is played. Villains. It is the network. The network. They're very mean. They are. They're so mean. They want to. They have easily breakable heads, though. The, the most breakable heads. They want to take over the world. Do they though? They kind of just want to assimilate it and bring it up to their standards so it can join yeah, their but galactic the is federation. That the standards—they had to take over the whole world in order to assimilate the standards. Therefore, it's not worth assimilating. Yeah, yeah. So basically, they have these yeah. these points that they're infiltrating, and so far, their test markets have not proven to they have be not done. Yeah, great. humans are stubborn. I'm going to go with point 0.5, and yeah. most of it's based on looks, because I think that it's very simple and effective, the way that the villains actually look. I agree. Where even when they're running through like the squares and stuff, you just see their mouths open and their eyes lit up and their mouths lit up, and it looks and they're just, awesome. they're just running jack-o'-lanterns right. of humans. I love it. It's fantastic. Point 0.5. Female characters. Uh Sam. Sam. And the marmalade marmalade sandwich. sandwich. And the twins. But they serve purposes because they're barely females because they are, in fact, blanks. Oh, and you're very stretchy in the limbs right now. Yes, I am. Because you're Stretch Armstrong. Uh, They're going to use the same line. All right, that's fine. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) I've been very fond lately, actually, of the love child of Reed Richards and Kamala Khan. Yeah, you have told me that one off mic a number of times. Twice. That's a number. Yep. You're right. right. You got me on a technicality there. (laughs) Uh, for female characters, I'm going to go with 0.25. Yeah. Type it in, quick. Hold on. No. Before 0.5, I... nailed it. Got it. Second time. Yep, 0.25, you're right. <laughs> you're very smart. <laughs> it's it's worth noting that Sam is the one who ends up saving everybody. It is worth noting that. But we already wrote a 0.25. Well, I think it's deserved 0.25 because there's a marmalade sandwich. Yep. <laughs> so it sure is. Let's not forget and that. And there's two guys who, well, there's Gary who follows Sam into the bathroom on multiple occasions. Yeah, but she kicks him right the fuck out. That's true. So that's good. That's at true. 5. Good, good on her. Point two five is already written. Fair Sorry. enough. <laughs> Setting, Newton Haven. It is Newton Haven. I like how it's pretty established. It is very established. There's actually. even a map that we see. They show us a map. They show us the route of all twelve bars. I'm gonna go one. I think it's a one. Even to the point where they ended on the hill overlooking the town, they do it again. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I mean, we see it in 1990. We see it again present day. It's it's good. They do a good job. Style and tone. I love the way this movie looks. They did a really cool thing, and I don't know if I should bring it up now or during director. Bring it up now because there's a lot to talk about with the director. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. They shot this movie on three different size negatives. Why? So the opening flashback footage is shot on standard sixteen millimeter. Yeah, that and then looks like it too. When they got and also uh, the very end after after the world has been de technologyified, that's sure. not a word at all. They go back to the sixteen millimeter. Okay, but in present day they shoot on three perf super thirty five, and then once the aliens, robots, whatever they are, show up, they switch to four perf Panavision. That's just someone who knows what they're doing, though. Like that is. Smart. That's insanely just like the, the level that this was thought out, which is why I was like, is this a director note or is this a style note? I would call this more a style note yeah. because all three of those things are going to give off different Big images. Time. It's tricky to say because when you point a camera at something and say action and go, yes, it's going to look a certain way when it comes off. yeah. But depending on the stock that you use, it will look a certain way. You've all been able to pick out when something's shot digital. Oh, absolutely. This is not. No, not at no. all. But that's a very neat trick. <laughs> it's it's clever. Yeah. Especially the the shift once the network shows up. I really like that. I could tell the difference obviously between the sixteen mil and the thirty five. Yeah, yeah. But knowing there's another step in there, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go one. That's so clever. Yeah. One is deserved. Director. One five. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to full blown two because he does use some of his old tricks. That's true. I do think that this is his most complete movie, but I also understand why people don't like it at the same time. I do get it. People tend to to not gravitate towards more character driven movies. And this is heavy, silly, because those are the best ones. I completely agree. He directs the shit out of this thing the first half, and then he has to change up his entire style for the second half and still directs the shit. crushes it. Yeah. One five is fair. One five is deserved. Is it though? We gave a two to Hot Fuzz. Just saying. I know, and I'm. Let's go two. This is my favorite of the three, so I'm. I want to say two. I'm not going to argue with you, mostly because I cued you by starting to drink my beer, so you could say whatever you wanted to say. There. Fair enough. <laughs> two, it is. I'm still picking up on social cues. Not that drunk. Music. I want you to lead on this one. Okay, I usually do, so that's fair. The score itself. I don't know anything about it. I agree. I don't remember anything about Stephen Price's score. No idea. Which which is fine. Yeah, but I feel like there's other stuff. He went and did kinda... Gravity, so he was busy that year, I guess. Yeah, there's other stuff in there, but though. But the soundtrack is so good and is so appropriate because it's it's basically Gary King's mixtape. Right. Which he carries in his pocket like a good Englishman. Like English a good man. Englishman would. Actually, he carries it in his car because we it's the same car from Joke about. <laughs> and, uh, we made that joke in uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. That's amazing.
1: And like, it, showed, like it showed still? up somewhere
0: else, didn't it? When we were watching Black, or yeah, Black Books. Black Books, it happened also. Not Black, that's a porn site. <laughs> is it? No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think the music in this is very good. They lean heavily on two songs in particular, Loaded, which is actually what Gary quotes at the network at the end of the movie, is that we just want to be free. We want to be free to have a good time. We want to get loaded. We want to have fun. That is kind of a sound clip that plays for this movie, yeah. And the other one is uh, free, I'm free, by the Rolling Stones. Sure. So where are you leaning? I'm really giving this one to you. Let's go 0.75, 0. 0.5. I'll go 0. 0.5. Okay. Mostly because do you think it's, that's really all there was to me. It's it's worse than the other two, or on par? I think it's worse than Hot Fuzz. Okay. I think it's better than Shaun of the Dead. No, strike that, reverse it. Strike that, reverse it. Yeah. You Willy wonka us. I Check to. out our Patreon. I realized what I said and what my brain was connecting. Yeah. So, last month yeah. on Patreon, we did Willy Wonka. We did. Go listen. If you weren't one of our subscribers, I'm sorry. You sorry. missed it. But go subscribe to our Patreon. You can listen to it right now. You can. 0.5? Yeah, I'll go 0.5. Okay. That that The other two both got 0.75. It's just, worse. Just for reference. It is worse. But yeah, one-liners. There's not a lot. There's not a lot. Because of how many the last two movies had- It's surprising how few there were. Yeah. Uh, Hold on one second. Again, with the strike that reverse it. Yeah. I do want to go back to music for one hot second. Okay. Do you know who the music supervisor was in this movie? No. His name was Nick Angel. Really? Really? Really. Nick Angel's a real person, and he's done a fuckload of movies. Wow. And the fact that he's doing a movie that... You know, he, he worked on Hot Fuzz yeah. as well, but the fact that he's doing a trilogy where his name was prominently featured as one of the lead characters, huh. I think we actually should bump it to the 0. 0.75. All right. In a, in a rare adjustment move, we bump it up to a 0. 0.75 and back to one-liners. Yeah, sorry about that. That's fine. Not that many one-liners. There's still not that many one-liners. I have They Call Me the King, which is nothing. That's uh, For the yeah. most part. Yeah. I mean, if you said that, I would think I would be more apt to think Army of Darkness than I am this movie. Right. There's a whole runner about how Martin Freeman says WTF. What and the then fuck eventually does says, WTF mean? That's pretty damn funny. <laughs> we'll always have the disableds. We'll always have the disableds, which I really, really like. I really like that. And that's where the Casablanca comes in because obviously yes. we'll always have Paris. Corsair. Uh, you also have, I haven't had a drink in 16 years. You must be thirsty then, which is just a f- fun bit of dialogue. It's a fun bit of dialogue, absolutely. There's this one joke at the train station's beginning where he says, uh, where he brings up the beast and they're like, oh, I think it must be an antique. He says, well, let's get this antique on the road show. And I love <laughs> how they let the joke die on yes. the screen. Yes. It is beautiful. It's very good. I'm going to go probably zero. Just to say some zero. fun things yeah. after all that. Those are not memorable. No. At all. No, they're not. The only one that I, that is that would really stick with me is that we'll always have the disabled, which is very good. I do like there's one time well, when they're at the rest stop and and they're uh, they're talking about how long Gary's been in the bathroom. They're like, "Do you think it might be a what poo? How is that poo?" <laughs> it's another great line. It's another great line. It's nothing, but no. so yeah, zero for one liners. And that brings us to impact on the industry. I don't know if there was uh, a large one. I mean, this was the end of a trilogy, obviously. Yeah. But obviously Edgar Wright has done bigger better things since then. Simon Pegg has done bigger better than since then. Like where do you draw the line? Really? What's how much the... bigger has Simon Pegg done? Star Wars, Force Awakens? Oh, so we're counting cameos as bigger things. That's something. <laughs> cameos you gotta earn the respect. I mean that's how I you guess. Get a cameo at yeah. that point. Yeah. I feel like everybody and their mother had a cameo in the in the last trilogy. That's fair. I remember mine. Oh, wild. I was in there. I, you couldn't see me because I was wearing a stormtrooper mask. But I was there. Right. Mine was cut because I was Greedo yeah. when I came back, and they're like, "Oh, this, we we realized this is racist, so they cut it." I fair. get it. I get fair. It. Yeah. What can you do? <laughs> I'm not upset. You seem upset. I'm fine. Thank you for the care, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't honestly, think it has. one. I don't know what this did for for I, the I'm industry. Go zero. I I don't think it has one. Yeah. I mean, it barely made back its money. I don't it's even definitely, know if it definitely did. It made forty-six mil out of twenty mil. Yeah, it's uh, definitely the highest budget of his three movies. Yeah, but it and, didn't do as well. And didn't do. I don't think it did as well as the other two. I'm gonna go zero. I don't think it did anything. I think zero is the appropriate score. It made more money than *Shaun of the Dead*. *Shaun of the Dead* only made thirty mil. Oh well, eight million dollar budget. I think it was. Uh, yeah, whatever. It was, exactly. So. It, it cleaned up better. Sure. That's gonna give. The World's End, a total score of seven point two five. I'm okay with it. I think that's fair, and that puts it third in the rankings, as far as not so super stuff score goes. Okay, of the three movies, <laughs> that's fine with me. Ten two five for Hot Fuzz, seven seven five for Shaun of the Dead, seven two five for World's then. End. Yeah, okay. it was it was close. All right, we tried. I guess the the big question is what do we talk about next week? Is Baby Driver? Baby Driver. Driver. <laughs> we have only been in that all month. I'm very excited to talk about Baby Driver. I've never seen it. This is, um, I think, my favorite Edgar Wright movie. More than Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, it's hard to say because I I love Scott Pilgrim, but I, it might be. I think I might like it more. I am extremely excited to watch this one. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot of fun. Okay, is it John Hamm in it? John Hamm is in it. That's all I know about the movie. John Hamm is in it. Oh, and is it he, and Ansel he's... Elgort? Is he a man in that movie? I want to say yes, but I often get him confused with Taron Egerton. But I'm no, I don't confuse those two. Ansel Elgort. I think you're right. There's the other one who I always confuse him with. Uh, I'm not going to get his name right. Doesn't matter. No, it's Ansel. There's someone else. You're good. Okay, I nailed it. (laughs) It doesn't even matter who the other guy is because you got it right. Yeah, (laughs) I'm the best. Baby Driver. Yeah. Next week. Next week. Stay tuned. Fantastic. So we can wrap up this Edgar Wright month. That's right. And then get back to some super stuff. That's right again. Dave, we got an email this week. You can't dive in that hot on that. You can't do that. Oh, okay. I need to get. Hey, guys, if you have any questions, send them to katepodcasters <laughs> at gmail.com like oh, the ginger skull did this week. didn't make it better. Okay. Maybe diving <laughs> in was the right way. You know, rip off that band aid. What do you say? The title of the email is A Third Retort. Of course it is. And as far as Dave Novak emails go, that's on the shorter side. Is it just fuck you? It's not. Okay. He says, yo ho caped podcasters. What is At least I wrong assume him? that's how it's supposed to be said. Because it's better there's, than a hoy ho. There's lots of O's. It could be yohoo, but I don't think that's I'm gonna go with yo ho. <laughs> okay. It is I, the grammatically garish and genetically gifted. Okay, that might be highly questionable. Ginger skull. The nerve of you two super dorks. The absolute gall for shame. I think that I, the most favored and highly acclaimed celebrity guest host of the Kate Podcasters. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can let that stand before I finish the sentence. What do you got to say? Highly acclaimed celebrity guest host. Yeah, I've heard of him. That's something. <laughs> most favored? I mean. We're not in the business of <laughs> ranking our guests. <laughs> But as the more some somebody want us to do the more the more somebody lays claim to a position the less I want to give it to them. No, that's bullshit. Number one sidekick superfan Steven. called himself the number one sidekick superfan Steven. Yeah, and I've never said he's actually the number one sidekick. <laughs> self-proclaimed. Fair enough. I'm All very right. very keen to mention that it's self-proclaimed. Fair enough. All right. The nerve blah blah blah. blah to think that I Etc. would ever be intimidated by a challenge you two could issue? Motherfuckers, I survived Spawn. I can survive Catwoman. How bad could a movie be? It's not like it's ranked within the top five worst superhero movies on Rotten Tim... Oh, well, I still accept. After all, it's not like 2021 has any remote chance of actually taking place, right? Right? Lovingly yours, <laughs> The Ginger Skull. P.S. You're still cowards. He's not wrong. So there it is. He has accepted What an idiot. Catwoman. How stupid can one single human being be? I like how easy it was to just be like, well, if we're going to talk about it, we want Ginger Skull on it. And he was like, oh, how dare you challenge <laughs> me? And he, he bought it. I mean, in the words of Simon Gruber, hook, line, sinker. Anyway, be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on because- Sometimes we we spring a surprise on you, like a, like a free Patreon movie for a day. And if you're subscribed, you get that download. You get it. You don't even have to think about it. It, it just happens. Right. Also, you can like and follow us on our various social media platforms. We're on a lot of them, at Kate Podcasters. Just type it in and see if we're there. Right? That'll, it's a fun game. It's like, a great game to play. Guys, I couldn't find your MySpace page. Oh, I updated it. Our top six, eight? What is it? Uh, I think eight. Is it eight? It's been so long. I... Couldn't tell you. I think it still exists, actually. No. Yeah, I think they shifted it to like a music focus. Anyway, drinks have gotten to me, and <laughs> I cannot stay on topic. Patreon is a thing we do. Do the Patreons. Check out our Patreon. Subscribe we for as little as out... one dollar a month. We got a lot of shows there. So much stuff. It's a lot of fun, and there's more coming. Believe there it or sure not, there is. <laughs> Somehow we're gonna find the time to do more for you. KatePodcasters.com. It's our website. Right. That's <laughs> that's. The you simplest know? way you could have put that. Check out the Superstuff store. Put it's our, like the Superstuff score, but you can buy it. Put our stuff on your body. Put our for, stuff or, on your stuff. Yeah, because it's great, and you're, you're going to look great. Cover, cover your, your bork with our shork. That's the thing we always say. <laughs> this is episode one. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see you next week for Baby Driver. Same pod time. Same pod. Bork, 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 bork. So, Brian! So, Dave! That is the world's end, yes, what do you think happens post credits I think we get a trailer oh a proper trailer because it comes after the movie for a spinoff okay yeah and it it stars Michael Sheen and David Tennant and every other character is played by Martin Freeman with half the head and it's called good Oman's oh dear <laughs> And that's the best you're going to get at me because of how much you made me drink. That's pretty fair, actually. What do you think happens? What I think happens is that me, you, and the Ginger Skull Dave Novak oh, no. are at a bar. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, I just like tear the leg off of the stool that I'm sitting on. Mm-hmm. And the Ginger Skull Dave Novak just starts saying some bullshit. Okay. And I go, well, oh, this seems a little fucking fishy. No human being talks like that. No self respecting man talks like that. So I just take the leg off the stool. And I hit him across the head real hard. Yeah. And red starts coming at him. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, fuck, it's ginger alien. (laughs) We got to put this thing down here. I've seen the world's end at this point. I I understand what's happening here. He's full of red goo. I don't like it. And then me and you just beat him to uh, pulp to make sure that, Yeah. uh, yeah, he doesn't infect the rest of the world.